This is the High School Football America podcast for January the 8th, 2024. I'm Jeff Fisher. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability. It has faster speed than Huddle Sideline. It's compatible with Huddle, plus GameStrat has awesome customer service. All of the coaches that have made the switch tell me the biggest thing they're impressed with is GameStrat's customer service. They're there when you need them the most. And they have different plans priced right for every coach's budget. And if you act now, you can get their early bird special. Save up to $200 if you call them up for a demo and you make the switch over. And if you're at AFCA this week, Don't forget, they're there also. You can meet them face-to-face and check out how GameStrat is changing the game of high school football when it comes to game day on the sidelines. To get a demo, you can go to GameStrat.com or you can click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. All right, heading to uh, the town that will be hosting the College Football National Championship later on today. Michigan versus Washington. And on the line right now, I have a good friend of mine, Bobby Acosta. If you don't recognize that name, let me clue you in a little bit. Back in 2020, he won a national championship, not only with High School Football America's national rankings, but I think all the ranking services. I think it was unanimous. Uh, IMG Academy being the national champs, that was uh, also during COVID. And uh, Bobby's on the line for one reason. And it's a good reason. Um, J.J. McCarthy was his quarterback at IMG Academy. Won a natty there. He's got a chance to win it tonight. And he's also got a second player on the team, the center on that 2020 IMG Academy ascender team. Greg Krippen is also uh, there. And uh, Bobby's been uh, all weekend long sending me some awesome pictures trying to decide what shirts he's going to wear at the game tonight at at Archie Stadium and all that. But it's just good to to hear Bobby's voice and bring him in here. And we're going to have a lot of fun talking about a couple of young men that uh, not many people get to say national champs in high school and national champs in college football bobby thanks for taking the time on this very busy schedule you had sounds sounds like you're uh, you're you're making the rounds there in houston yes and i'm having a great time and um i'm kind of sad that some people recognize me here i'm like oh boy <laughs> but um I, ha- I had the chance to see jj and craig yesterday and it was a great moment I can only imagine. So let's dial it back a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about the game and what shirt you're going to wear tonight or if you're going to change it at halftime or something like that. But um, jersey, I should say, not shirt. But uh, take me back to 2020. I mean, all in all, <laughs> what a w- weird year, right? COVID, but then you win a national championship. We talked about it way back then. Take me back to those days. And, and let's start with JJ because if not for COVID – Bobby Acosta would not have been his head coach at IMG Academy. Uh, what do you remember about that? Because Illinois shut down its season, and all of a sudden, you got one of the top quarterbacks in the country uh, in your lap. Well, I remember I took the job on my birthday, January 30th, and I walked in, and I really wanted to assess the, the team. And, you know, I was looking at the quarterback position, and I was concerned because we had maybe two four-star players but I, don't, I didn't think they could run the system that I wanted to. So, you know, we kind of started to look at what was out there. And then we had a great spring, and then COVID hit. And then we took a little break, 
And then when we got back, we started to look at, you know, can we play high school football? Can we launch it? So we brought all the kids back, but we were missing that piece still of quarterback. So I researched every top quarterback, you know, Caleb, McCarthy, every single kid. And, you know, I interviewed them, and I kept up coming back to J.J. So I said, J.J., all right, I'm going to tell you, I have this on a recording. Um, J.J., you have to teach me a concept. Um, Caddy, we called it. It's Y cross uh, on a Zoom call. So I had all the quarterbacks, all the coaches on the line. Not only did he teach me the concept, but he taught me my entire offense. <laughs> and and he had a, a board in his room. And his dad showed me the picture yesterday again. And he in, entirely taught us my entire offense. And that's when I said, this kid is special. And then when you meet the family, and then when you, you meet the, the kid in person, you're like, this is, this is not normal. You know, and I used to say it when he first got out to Michigan, he's going to be the starting quarterback and win a national championship there. I said it when he first got there. <laughs> and this is where we are. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love that. And, and again, like I said, if it, if it not for COVID, right, that would have never happened because he was very successful at Nazareth Academy uh, where yeah. he was playing there in Illinois. So it's, it's amazing. Bobby Acosta on the line with us. Uh, Bobby has uh, high school, the college ranks, uh, uh, probably have some news coming up here in a little bit later about what's going on with you, Bobby. But uh, I've always appreciated um, you taking the time for me when we first met back there in in, in 2020. So, so take us through that then, because again, here you have a young man that, you know, under normal circumstances, right, would never have met you. Uh, now he's, you know, going to Bradenton, Florida, all the way. Of course, it's a lot warmer, of course, in Bradenton than it was in, in Illinois. Yeah. But, you know, so you, you have this great meeting. You realize that he's got a high football intellect. It sounds like you said he, he's, a, he's a quality person. What were some of the things when you finally got him there? Because you, let's face it, he's a teenager, right? Homesickness, anything well, like that, all those things you have to deal with with kids moving away from home. What was that like for him back then? Well, the biggest thing he said, he's, you know, he's from the Midwest, so he said people, they don't really respect the, the Chicago athletes. And I said, boy, there's some talent out there. So, you know, first thing I need to do is, is I called his head coach. And, you know, I usually, I, I didn't use that practice a lot at IMG because people did not like the idea. And I didn't like the idea of taking kids. But the situation was, he was at a school that wasn't going to play high school football. So I called his coach because guess what? I didn't make J.J. McCarthy. His high school coach did. Mm-hmm. And his relationship with that high school coach was even deeper than the relationship I have with him. So I felt terrible. And his high school coach was so upset because he was like, well, there's still a possibility. And I said, well, if that happens, I'll send them back up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Good for um, you. But, but, you know, they never played. And, you know, I was just so excited to have a part of his life. And I, I was telling everyone the story yesterday. We're playing Duncanville. Remember that game? Oh, yeah. We're playing Duncanville. He, he's hurt. He sprained his ankle. He shouldn't be playing. And he comes up to me in the second quarter because we're losing. Coach, they know our plays. They're calling our plays. I said, J.J., what do you want to do? Let me call the offense. So after 20-something years, I'm looking at myself. I'm like, I'm about to let this young man 
call the offense and try to win us this football game. My staff looked at me like I was crazy. I said, let's do it. What are you going to do? Watch me. He was putting quick game to one side, drop back to the other side. It was like he was in the zone. And not only did we win that game, he was like 90% efficient. So for the rest of the year, we came up with a call called JJ99. Whenever I got stuck, I pointed to him. I said, you got the call. And literally, he called my offense that, that year. I love it. It, it. it almost sounds like at that point in, in that time in the Duncanville game, maybe he was drawing up. Of course, there was no dirt nowadays on the field. <laughs> Draw, drawing up the X's and O's in the dirt like we used to in the in the back or front yard playing. That's that's a wonderful story and says a whole lot about that young man. Um, let's let and you know I don't obviously the reason we're on here is, is JJ has a chance to win another national championship, but I don't I don't want to leave Greg out of this either because he was the center on that team that won the national. Yeah championship at IMG. So let's talk a little bit about him. Well, he was the center. He was my captain. He was a, a quiet leader, but he led through example. And, you know, again, if you met the parents, you understand why these kids are this way. And when I saw the parents yesterday, I just started to cry. We took pictures because all the great memories just start to pop up. But Craig is, is a young man that would text me and call me every week, still to the, today. You know, he called me last week, text me, coach. Last week, I said, hey, good luck. And he's very short in his answers, but you can see where he, he loves his, his players and his coaches. But he was the center on a line that was a dominant line. Tyler Booker, J.C. Latham, he had to manage those guys. And, you know, last week they played Alabama, and you saw Tyler and, and yep. J.C. there also. But he was the alpha male that had to manage five-star character young men. And, and that's why we were one heartbeat. And he always, Craig used to always say it, uh, we have to be one heartbeat on the offensive line. And you saw that. And it wasn't because they were great athletes. It was because they loved each other. And that's, we had the Ten Commandments. And one of the commandments at the end was love. Love your, your teammate. And then if you watch the moment last week with Tyler Book and J.J. McCarthy at the end of the game, man, I started to cry because Booker would say, I love you, man. I love you. Go finish the process. I love you. And J.J. would say, I love you, too. And that's why you know people thought we won a national championship because we had great athletes. No. We had people and men that loved each other. Yeah. You know, so so Craig was the leader of that group, and and it's funny because you and I have gotten to become friends. You know, just away from what we do here at High School Football America, and known a little bit about you and, and and what type of person you are. We've talked about that that you know the the uh, what you tried to do there and a, what you accomplished there at IMG is very different from what the the outside public thinks about you know IMG and and you know how it does what it does and and as I've said to you, it does what it does because it can do what it does. But you did kind of bring something in there and I'm not saying this to, to toot your horn or anything but I, I know you did some things that made it more than just a, a five and four star factory and that's a great story to tell there and, and by the way folks when I did text him right after the the Michigan game uh he did say he was crying so so what are we finding out here Bobby you're you're just a big baby at heart <laughs> sentimental yeah. what are you <laughs> Not I'm a tough a football coach. Softie. I am a softie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So, uh, and, and and as you've kind of described through the first couple of answers you've given here, 
this didn't end. You know, this didn't end in 2020 when you you left IMG and went to become a head coach in Texas and all that. This has continued uh, through the years uh, with these two young men. Um, What what is it inside of you that makes you love this game as much as you do, but love the people that make you know your life to the point where I can say you're a uh, you know a head coach of a, a high school football national champ? What is it about these young men that you love that goes away from the X's and O's, which you do very very well, I might add? But what is yeah. it about coaching that you love so much? I, I love investing in young men, and I love that the fact that we interact so much that I take a part of them with me and they take a part of me with them. And, you know, I, I put a tweet out the other day saying that, you know, the same is that coaches influence and, you know, bring, they, they kind of raise up the, the, the student athletes, but the impact that the student athletes have on coaches is part hundred percent more because, you know, you change, you evolve with the kids that you coach. Um, my head coach, Casey Keeler, he's the head coach for Sam Houston State. Um, my, my dad passed away. Um, I dropped out of school. And, and this is why I'm the, the reason, this is the reason why I'm this way. Dropped out of school. I was working for UPS, loading trucks. I was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. So I went back to Casey Keeler. I said, hey, I want to be back on the football team. He said, you have to take 20 credits in the summer, and you have to pass it with a 3.0. All right, so I passed. 20 credits and I got a 4.0 and I was back on the football team but he became my my second dad he raised me up I used to watch his his kids um you know he taught me the values of being a young man and so he's a national championship winning coach also oh yeah but he win it because of great players he won it because he developed five-star character young men and that's I've been always having that that those values because of him. And that's why he instilled that into our players. And let me tell you this, J.J. McCarthy and Crippen, they didn't win the national championship or they're not playing for the national championship because of this year. If you watch the interaction with his head coach now at, during the days of IMG, that head coach was building the national championship team when J.J. was playing for a national championship with me. Mm-hmm. The relationship they built during COVID, and, and coach, people could talk negative about the head coach, but I'm going to tell you this, he also has those, those skills to really take the best out of these kids. So that, that, this national championship game was built three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no doubt. I, you know, like I said, you, you can't take it away. I mean, you can talk about little things here and there, but uh, the Harbaugh family coaching tree is a pretty darn good one. And what I didn't know, I, I, I always love doing this sometimes, when I get the, the six degrees of that Kevin Bacon thing, uh, I covered Casey Keeler at Emmaus High School back in the day, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. Yes. So a small, 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 small world yes. the football fraternity well, is. There's no doubt let, about that. Let me tell you one more thing about Casey. So Casey was my coach in college at Rowan University. Then I worked with him at Delaware with Joe Flacco. That's where we got to know Joe Flacco. Right. And then he gets fired from his college. Then I become a head coach at Widener University, Division Three College in PA. Billy White Shoes Johnson, baby. Yes, Billy White Shoes Johnson. <laughs> I met him, too, so that was that was a treat. Then he gets fired. I, I reach out to his wife, and his wife was just like, Casey's in a bad place. 
I told Casey, I said, hey, I need you to help me, be, you know, become a better head coach. You're on my staff. So Casey's on my staff for that season. He's working for ESPN. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then he goes down and gets Sam Houston State. And then, then his wife writes me this long email saying, thank you for helping my helping your coach. So it's the circle of life, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the beauty of the fraternity. That's what I, I try to tell people all the time, those people that love to, you know, bitch and moan about, you know, what coaches are doing, plays they're calling, how they're doing. You know what? There's not a better profession in the world. Uh, you, and you're all underpaid. I mean, there are some people out there that have got seven figures and all that, but they've earned it. It wasn't just handed yeah. to them. And oh, then yeah. you got to continue to keep that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Bobby Acosta on the line talking about uh, his two young men that are playing for a college football national championship. Uh, three years removed from winning a, a natty in high school football. As I said, you are our high school football America's national champ. I, I believe everybody, Max Preps on down, uh, had you there too. And now now you, you're in Houston. Uh, like I said, you, you're like the bell of the ball there. You're sending me pictures. I got pictures of you in a number nine. I've got you in pictures in a number number 51, um, and, and you've talked about the parents. But talk about, uh, especially since we have so many coaches that love listening to the High School Football America podcast, um, maintaining that relationship with the parents in a day and age where that ain't easy to use poor English, I guess. How, how do you approach the parents in your job, whether it's at the high school level, level or the collegiate level? Oh, and that, that's the biggest, you know, balance that you need to have because if you let them in too much they start to really run your program (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) but um i think what i did i I set the expectations saying you know this is our relationship this is how we're going to interact but then naturally you know the relationships just continued you know after they graduated you know the recruitment process i was heavily involved and i you know, incorporated the parents because you need to teach them the process. Um, but it, it takes work because you think about how many parents I've coached since I was a head coach in 2020. You know, it's 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 a lot of parents, but I think it's it happens because because of the relationships. Yeah. You know, last night I was on a texting tra- uh, thread with Melissa, Sean Miller's mom, out in Arizona, and. You know, that's a part of my life now, though, you know, the, the relationships I have with these parents. And, and I said it yesterday to JJ on that. I said, you know, he used to call me every day when I was his coach. And we still talk, but he was that concerned that if his son was doing the right things and evolving and growing, uh, is he eating enough? And I'm like, yes. But, you know, that's that's why – when you deliver your kid to a coach, you want that coach to finish the process. And then now that, that young man is going to become a coach or a player or a CEO one day, you want him to be the same way with his kids, you know? So um, I, I think it naturally just happens because, of the relationships that you build with your players. Yeah. And and you know what's really kind of neat too like I said I am teasing you about the pictures but in the photos but I think they're wonderful and thank you for sharing them with me. I mean you've got two players there, 9 and number 51 and all that. But how um easy or hard is it for you? And I think I know you well enough to get I think I know what the answer is going to be. But how easy or hard is it for you to now tonight not be a coach? 
are you going to just be able to enjoy the game and enjoy your former players? Or is it going to be like, well, you know, maybe we need to do this. Or going back to thinking about J.J. calling those plays for you against Duncanville. How, how do you yeah. separate, you know, being being just a fan and a, and a coach? Yeah, today, you know, I'm, I'm really just going to sit back and really take the moments in. You know, uh, last week I was watching uh, J.J. and he threw that interception. And I can't watch it because I'm like, why are you throwing that? <laughs> but you know, the guy was out of bounds. He took it back. But, you know, I don't watch, and people as a, as a coach, I don't watch a lot of football because of that reason, because you start analyzing the game. I, I really <laughs> just watch the highlights after the game to see how our players did. Yeah. And um, so it's hard for me to watch a game without analyzing it. But today, I'm just going to take it in. Like last night I was at dinner. And you hear people talking about Michigan's offense. And so so I kind of get in there. I'm like, oh, I'm a fan also. But this is what they should probably do offensively. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. I love uh, it. So, yeah, today I'm just a fan. I'm just a proud uh, former coach that I'm going to watch and play. You going to wear both of those jerseys tonight? Yeah, like I said, you got a 9 I, and a 51. I've seen them. <laughs> Yet, well, I, 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 what I was going to suggest, I have a, my mentor in broadcasting uh, who's 90 years old, uh, used to do one of the greatest, uh, not what it was, it is the greatest Turkey Day game in, in high school football. You probably know it. Phillipsburg versus Easton, New Jersey versus Pennsylvania on Thanksgiving Day at Lafayette. And he used to do the broadcast. I think he did 50 of them. And, uh, you know, they, they did both teams throughout the year, both schools. So he couldn't show partiality one way or the other. So what he did was he got somebody to make him a, a hat, which was split down the middle, <laughs> one with one color. One with the other, one with lo- one logo, one with the other. They had a jersey the same way, so maybe you need to do that. You have to have a, a nine on one side and a, find a seamstress down there to take care of that for you, Taylor. <laughs> that would be great. So, so, but, but back to the back to the parent thing because I'm thinking now. I'm like every place I've been, I have some great you know relationships, and now I guess you call them friendships. You know, when I was at Del Valley, the parents there, you know, I brought Foster, I I brought to SMU. But I'm so close with that family. You know, his brother plays for Pitt. I'm so close with that family. So I, I think it's just a quality, you know. I yeah, I, like I said, it's it, it's it, it to me speaks volumes because of all the coaches I know around the country. You all have that, and you all have a story you can tell where you can you know moan and complain about a you know, parent here or there. But I think for the most part, on the whole. Um, you know, those relationships are, are, are long lasting and it's, it's, it's wonderful uh, to think about. So I got two to send you away with, um, have, have you thought back to, um, 2020 and what this team accomplished during very strange times, uh, at any point during your, your visit here in Houston? Yeah. You know, and, and when you're in it, you don't really get to enjoy it. Because every every week was a heavy lift from travel, from you know social distancing. You know we talked about our kids; they couldn't even interact in the dorms. You know our kids were you know we they couldn't even leave the campus. So the lift that we did that year, and what we accomplished, you know, was what we did. Um, I'm looking back at it now. I'm like, wow. And, and and it's documented. There's there's videos. There there's you know things out there to show what we did. And yeah, the national championship was great. You know, I think it looks good on the resume. Put it that way. But the the relationships, 
and the things that we did together, it was even better. Yeah. You know, you look at the staff I had. I had Pepper Johnson, Chris Dishman. I had all these 35 five-star young men. Um, but we, we took all that away and just said, hey, let's become family and let's accomplish something. But our goal was to really get high school football started that year. Mm-hmm. That was our only goal, kick off high school football. Uh, because the, the threat of not playing that year was there. Oh, for real. And, um, yeah. So, so we, we created systems where, you know, we had social distancing on the sidelines. We had our masks. We had, you know, all the things that we did just not to – we didn't have one case of COVID the whole entire year, and we traveled the country. So, you know, I think we did a lot of things right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but IMG was hard. You know, it was hard. I think the relationships and, and the football part was, was easy. But there's another part of IMG that, you know, if you look at it, you're like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> you know. But, but you continue to battle through it, and, and you develop some, some great people coming from that experience. Yeah. yeah I, like I tell everybody, you know, it's a business. I mean, we, I got to be honest with you, we got crap. Um, as did I, I, I'm good friends with the, the other ranking services too. You know, it's like, how could you put IMG as your national? Well, you guys beat three top 10 teams in a year that was weird. And it's, it's about on the field. Yeah. But they, nah, come on folks. You know, let's, let's talk about the better men of the game. You did make me think of one uh, to add a question here before I get to the final one about tonight's game. What was it like to be the head coach of a staff that had several, as you just mentioned, former NFLers on it. What the heck was that like? Well, well, people thought it was uh, uh, ingredients for me to fail because I played Division Three football. I never played in the NFL. So they said, how are these NFL um, former all-pro bowlers are going to respect me? And, and I did it by getting to know um, about their families. I hung out with uh, Mike Seller's kids. I babysat. So I became family with them. And after that, they would do anything for me on the football field. You know, Chris Dishman right now, you know, I talk to Chris Dishman a lot. I'm trying to hire him one day again. I'm trying to hire Mike Sellers one day again. You know, so I still communicate with those guys a lot. And, you know, Billy, you know, I was his biggest fan this past year. Every game I used to text him, Billy, it looks great. Keep it going. Um, but yeah, that was, that was hard because you have to gain their trust and the yeah. respect, but my parking lot looked like an NFL, you know, <laughs> player parking lot with them driving up in all these, uh, BMWs and big trucks. And <laughs> oh, well, I thought you made, I, I thought they paid the head coach seven figures. They, that's not true. That's a rumor. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Bobby Acosta on the line with us tonight on the High School Football America podcast. Uh, Looking forward to uh, Michigan and Washington. And uh, Bobby's uh, looking forward more than than some, I would say, considering he's got a couple of former players from IMG uh, playing tonight. Um, So we'll we'll combine this last one, which is, uh, and and no disrespect to Crippen, right? But JJ's the man, right? He's the quarterback. He's the guy. Uh, What? What do you think fans should be looking for? If J.J.'s doing X early in the game, what makes that good for Michigan? And then finally, if, if J.J. and Greg are able to, to, to win a championship tonight, uh, what would that mean to you personally as a former coach of them? Yeah, you know, I think in the beginning, I think Washington is a very good football team. 
But I think defensively, Michigan, they, they're special. Offensively, um, J.J. has to, to solve the problems. You know, he can solve the problems in protection by getting out of the pocket. He can solve the, uh, the problems in the run game by making the great check in the run game. Um, but, you know, and I talked to people yesterday. You know, some people say J.J.'s not throwing the ball enough. I said this, this offense is designed to take what the defense is giving you. So if, if J.J. can stay ahead of the chains uh, and, and keep the offense on, on, in rhythm, I think, you know, I, I don't want to put the score out there because I have a lot of respect for, for teams, but this should be a game that we should dominate today. You and, go. you know, and, and to the last of your question, um, you know, watching these kids and all my kids, it's, it's players that needed to jump in the portal this year because they weren't experiencing um, the success they wanted to, to players playing the national championship game. Um, I, I love watching them and hearing from them after, you know, they play, you know, last week, oh, a couple of weeks ago, I took Kamari Wilson on a trip to Arizona state, got him committed. So that was a touchdown for me there. So, you know, I love JJ, love Craig, I love JC Latham. I, I love all the R guys the same. Uh, but tonight, tonight, yeah, the highlight is on JJ because he has an opportunity to be a quarterback that won a national championship in high school, to win it here, and maybe one day win a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about that. Uh, I think there might be one out there, but I'm not quite sure. I'm still investigating that. But Bobby, appreciate you taking the time there, especially with all these festivities. I mean, you know, you, little old me, uh, you're you're having breakfast with champions down there and all that. But I do appreciate your friendship and you taking the time to join us today to give a little bit of an insight that's a little bit different than uh, most of the, the the sports media outlets are doing there. You 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 were there in in the in the trenches, and I know at some point tonight if I uh, if I see him uh, check at the line I'm going to think back to that Duncanville game <laughs> and and yeah, all that was... rope you gave him to do what he did <laughs> to, yeah. to win you to lead you to a national championship Bobby thanks for taking the time and uh, we look forward to talking to you down the road line very good thank you for having me I'll talk to you soon and that's the High School Football America podcast. Hey, don't forget to check out GameStrat. If you're at AFCA this week, talk to them about their early bird special that can save you up to $200 for the 2024 season. They're at booth 836. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by NFL Play Football. Uh, you got to check out Play Football by going to playfootball.nfl.com for some great resources to help coaches improve in the coaching profession. And that's today's High School Football America podcast. I'm Jeff Fisher.